from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, I'm Jordan Lee. And I'm Piet Levy, music writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Every week we talk about music coming into Milwaukee and the music coming out of Milwaukee. This is Tapped In. Hello, Piet. How are you, my friend? Great, Jordan. How are you doing? Very, very good. It is football season. I know most of my family spends their Sundays in green and gold, Mm. getting ready to watch their favorite fall pastime. But as they sit at their couches and they go to their favorite bars, there are cool musicians all over the planet who are also sitting down to their televisions, cheering on the green and gold, the Green Bay Packers. And you wrote a really cool article not too long ago on the journal called uh, 17 Famous Fans of the Green Bay Packers. Now, you listed celebrity comedians, actors, but a lot of cool musicians. And I thought today on Tapped In, we talk about some of our favorite musicians who also love the Green Bay Packers. Sure, let's do it. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll start with Justin Timberlake, who's actually going to be in Packer country uh, tomorrow. Uh, he's playing at Pfizer Forum, his first show in Milwaukee in 15 years. And he's a massive Packers fan. Uh, he grew up in Memphis. He didn't really have a team. So uh, that was during the Brett Favre era. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of, you know, he, he said he kind of was the king of the South. So he was like a superhero to Timberlake growing ah. up. So he became a big fan of the Packers because of Brett Favre. And then uh, is friends with Aaron Rodgers and his vacation with Aaron Rodgers. Thinks Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league, obviously. They're like homie, homie, homie. Yeah, exactly. Very, very <laughs> close. And even earlier this year when he um, did the Super Bowl halftime show, he was asked who he was rooting for, whether it was going to be the Eagles or the Patriots. And he responded, go Pack, go. So <laughs> he he loves his Packers. So yeah, he'll be here Friday too. I noticed Lil Wayne made oh, the list. Oh, yeah. He might be, actually, he might be one of the best known ones because you may recall back in 2011, Wiz Khalifa's Black and Yellow yes. was really kind of blowing up, and the Pittsburgh Steelers really kind of uh, owned that as mm-hmm. their kind of anthem leading up to that Super Bowl game. But of course, they played the Packers in that game, and Lil Wayne wasn't going to have any of this, so no, he dropped he his own uh, Green and Yellow remix to Wiz Khalifa's Black and Yellow remix in support of his beloved Packers. Uh, with lyrics like, you know, I'm a cheese head, y'all bleep or cheese whiz. Uh, <laughs> that classic, classic wheezy uh, rhymes there. Oh, uh, you know, it. and of course, that was the reason the Packers won, right? They won 31-25. Because of Lil Wayne. But I love the backstory. But, you know, he was asked a few years ago, why, you know, he's from New Orleans. Yeah, why do you, right. you root for the Packers? And he said when, uh, in 1997, when the, the Super Bowl was at the Superdome, his dad went to the Super Bowl and he came home with a bunch of like just Packers swag. He had like towels and cups, all that kind of stuff. And he said, you know, quote, when you're from the type of neighborhoods we're from, we don't just hang those towels up and put those cups up. I had to use that cup every day and use that towel every other day. So I became a, a Packer fan. I love it. Joan Jett doesn't just love rock and roll. She loves the Packers, too. Yeah, indeed she does. Uh, you know, she is a massive Packers fan dating back to the 60s. Um, you know, she told the Green Bay Press-Gazette uh, in 2014 that uh, there was a Sports Illustrated cover uh, from uh, 1966 uh, of the Mud Bowl. Yes. Um, you know, and she just kind of fell in love with them because of that coverage with the Mud Bowl. Uh, so, you know, she just became a, a really big Packers fan from there. You also listed a couple of other artists who, um, we're talking about a wide range of music here. Everyone from Brad Paisley, Harry Styles, to Steve Miller in this article as well. Yeah, and Steve Miller makes sense, uh, actually, maybe more so than some of the others, because he's from Milwaukee. He's, he was born in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, you know, so And he's also been a fan uh, since the 60s. You know, He recently told the Green Bay Press-Gazette uh, he really liked uh, Paul Hornig and Jim Taylor, Max McGee. Uh, and it was just amazing to watch a team coached by Vince Lombardi. He was really just drawn by Lombardi. And so he was really absorbed in the Packers history back in the 60s, and he's just been a Packers fan ever since. I can't let this go without mentioning Liberace. Yes, Liberace. (laughs) Liberace, also from Milwaukee. So there's some of that connection there, too. Um, The late Liberace 
Um, there's a rumor that he had a relationship with a Packers player in the late 1930s. Super so that's kind cool of why we have that in there. And that relationship was referenced in a biography of Liberace and, of course, in the terrific uh, HBO movie Behind the Candelabra. Well, you can check out Piet's complete article online at jsonline.com right now. There's a lot of other famous folks, comedians, actors, etc., who are on the list. And uh, we started off the segment talking about Justin Timberlake and his friendship with Aaron Rodgers and love for the Packers. He's also going to be here in Milwaukee at the Pfizer Forum this week. We're going to talk about that show and a great article you've got up on jsonline.com coming up next on Tapped In. Stay tuned. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. The mighty Justin Timberlake at the Pfizer Forum this week, performing for the first time in Milwaukee in 15 years. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's been a while, you know, and obviously Justin Timberlake is as as big as they come in terms of superstars. Absolutely. What's interesting, though, is that uh, Justin Timberlake, not only is he kind of a big star, he's had kind of more criticism and controversy around him in this year than we've really ever seen before, which has been really interesting because he's gone his whole life kind of with this charmed life and really celebrated universally. and, And suddenly kind of became earlier this year around his album and the Super Bowl show became kind of a big target. I mean, you're thinking about he's starting off in the Mickey Mouse Club, then sure. going through boy band phase, mm-hmm. breaking out of that phase, becoming very successful as a solo artist. Of course, infamously, uh, Britney Spears' boyfriend. I yep. mean, all these times in his career, shots could have been fired. Yeah. But generally speaking, he was always beloved. But you're right. Just recently kind of was the talk of a lot of Twitter and, and online real like nastiness for a while there. Yeah, yeah. So I think we can kind of look at why that's the case in terms of what he did, but also kind of the culture that we live in right now. Yes. I mean, this really kind of started out with him being announced for the Super Bowl halftime show. That's really when things kind of surged mm-hmm. uh, because that was the one controversy in uh, before this year that uh, was kind of related to him, but also didn't really impact him at all. There was, right. of course, the, the wardrobe malfunction with Janet Jackson in 2004 and her career kind of derailed after that I mean she was banned from radio stations and canceled from the Grammys and you know she just her career was never really kind of the same like that and he kept going up and up and up and he also in the aftermath didn't really uh, defend her at all I mean he there was an right. interview where he said you know I was shocked and appalled by what happened and you know some th- construe that as like he could basically threw her under the bus interesting and and uh, there was a little bit of a double standard in that conversation Absolutely. as well where you know uh Again, the faults put completely on Janet, and you're right; she really didn't completely recover from that. Right, because like you know, he he mentioned like in an interview two years later, like that America. He, I'm paraphrasing. But he said America's uh, harsh on women; it's harsher on ethnic people. Yes. Um, but that was two years later, so it was kind of too little, too late. Was exactly. sort of thing. So when he got booked again, I think that brought up a lot of kind of bad memories. And now we live in this social media time in this very kind of woke culture yep. where people really didn't want that to be forgotten. And what was interesting that you know he didn't really kind of there was no sort of apology or and then there might have been a good opportunity for more co- you know direct commentary about right. it and he kind of didn't really address it and i think if she had you know who knows what the backstory is but she had appeared at the super bowl halftime show or something like that i think it would have probably put a nice bow on this this drama and mm-hmm. saga and that didn't really happen either in fact yeah. he did 
rock your body again at the Super Bowl performance and kind of a winking, you know, abrupt end to it, which kind of made it seem like he, you know, was kind of like making fun of the whole thing from 2004. Right. Well, and then, of course, we're having lots of conversation about cultural appropriation. And yeah. Justin kind of got thrown under the bus as saying, you are taking American black music, making lots of money off of it, and not in any way, shape, or form recognizing that fact. Uh, and then there was a whole storm of folks giving examples and citing that his entire career was predicated upon stealing American pop black culture. Yeah. And it was, like you said before at the beginning of the podcast, kind of came out of nowhere. It really felt like that. I mean, there's been talk about this. There was this uh, his support of the Jesse Williams speech in 2016 yep. with the BET Awards. That got some attention because he kind of had this very dismissive response to someone yes. asking that question. That was deleted, a deleted tweet that he did. You know, but certainly, yeah, it, it, we're, we're living in a time where people... I think are especially in the Trump era. I think they're expecting their pop artists to take more of a stand on social issues, Correct. and they're looking for more kind of social justice or social equality in a lot of ways. And 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 Timberlake is kind of a is a white male privileged pop artist who uh, has worked with a lot of black artists, yeah. but hasn't spoken up for like Black Lives Matters and things like that. I think you know there are more and more people that are rattled by that, upset by that, and kind of demand that for them. Uh, it's just interesting the times that we live in where you'll see someone like Timberlake or, or Taylor Swift, who aren't really being very um, politically outspoken, um, are getting dragged more uh, in social media. Yes. And then you have newer artists like, you know, Halsey or Camila Cabello, who are very outspoken. That's kind of the new wave of the pop artists who are being celebrated for being that because of the times that we live in. Right. Well, another question that it begs, too, is the idea of this has been the case and as you'd said, there's this charmed career where this is a person who pretty much is taking all of his moves, his style, his sound from the best practices of Michael Jackson mm -hmm. <laughs> for all practical. Sure. And sure. even went on to do duets posthumously with yes. Michael Jackson. Yes. Um, so then the criticism now comes at a time where I, I'm just looking at it strictly through the lens of like, yeah, but this has been this way. Yeah. It's like getting upset for Ben and Jerry's for making weird combinations of ice cream flavors. Like, we've yeah. been doing this all the time. Yeah. So why now are you criticizing? Well, I think it's because it's a, it's a combination of the times that we live in where there's more of that kind of demand and more outrage and there's more kind of reverberation in social media. There's, you know, when the, when the Jackson thing happened in the first place, social media wasn't what it was today. Right. So now there's just a lot more kind of conversation around it, a lot more think pieces around it. There's just a lot more noise around it. Uh, but we also live in a time that I think you, you see this sort of canceled culture, this kind of takedown culture of celebrities. And this has existed before. I mean, when, when Lady Gaga a few years ago had right, the, right. The, the art pop album cycle, I mean, she's getting torn apart left and right. Uh, you know, and, and at the same time, as much as people were taking her down, I think people really like a comeback story as well. So now we see her getting <laughs> Oscar buzz for, you know, Star is Born that's coming out soon. So, you know, I think there's, it's been kind of, uh, long delayed and kind of just bubbled up, um, in this time because it's just the time that we live in and social media is making that tool possible. But I don't think it's really necessarily having an impact. He hasn't really addressed these things. He hasn't really changed. I don't know if we should... You can ask, should we expect him to change? I think some people would say, yes, we do. But, you know, from his perspective, his camp's perspective, why Why would he? Does he need to? He hasn't had to do this his whole life. And he's doing fine. He's doing great. He's super, <laughs> super rich. Still super popular. The Fison Forum show is sold out, basically. Right. He's been selling out tons of dates. He's doing really well on the road. Uh, even if Man in the Woods was torn apart, it still debuted at number one. Yep. Uh, and also, too, I think the reason this is happening is because it's surrounding that album, which is not a very good album. Correct. It's definitely his weakest album. If his, if his album kicked butt, yes. we, this would not be so loud. I think it's just 
it's almost like people are sensing this moment of weakness and it's a time mm. to kind of pounce, which is what happened with Lady Gaga with, with Art Pop and what happened with Katy Perry yep. with Prism, which was also a bad album. You see these, you know, the, they're artists that have done really well artistically are at their kind of low career point yeah. and that's when they seem more vulnerable and you hear more criticisms, you know, it, it, they seem weaker. So people maybe feel more emboldened to try to take them down. So it's a safe bet. For the Pfizer Forum show with Justin Timberlake, we should expect interesting costume changes, great choreography, mm-hmm. amazing light show, but not a lot of social commentary. No. <laughs> there will not be a lot of social commentary, if any social commentary, at this show. Uh, exactly. Well, we thank you for joining us. We want your commentary. Of course, if you follow us on social media, send us a message. Of course, you can reach out to us on our respective websites, jsonline.com and at radiomwalkie.org. And if you don't subscribe to this podcast, what are you waiting for? Wherever you get your podcasts, all you have to do is click subscribe. We'll be in your inbox every week with more cool news and opinions about the music that's coming into our city and the music that's coming out of our city. Tapped In is produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted Sonic Inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from your membership. Remember, we are listener-supported Radio Milwaukee, and we can't do what we do without your support. If you like the content, go to the website, make a donation, and help us keep it going. Piet, I'll see you next time for Tapped In. See you next time.